0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Emboddy. Thanks for listening. It is time to preview SMU-TCU, the battle for the Iron Skillet on Saturday at 11 a.m. Central. ESPNU inside Ford Stadium, a sellout crowd for this one, the 101st battle for the Iron Skillet. For SMU, trying to rebound off that Maryland loss for TCU... Coming off a bye week, and before that, a 59-17 win over Tarleton State in Week Two. Lots of emotions in this one, for obvious reasons. Sonny Dykes returns to SMU, where he left just over, just under a year ago. I mean, look, this is this is probably one of the biggest lead ups to a game. I've ever been a part of, I mean, rivals, the 2019 LSU-Alabama game that I covered with with all those stars and two teams basically battling for a national championship berth in the regular season, it doesn't get much better than this. I mean, this is a big-time matchup between SMU and TCU with a lot on the line. Look, for starters, I mean, SMU wants to win this game not only to try and you know move it to three straight wins over the Horned Frogs. But I think plenty of players on this roster want to prove a point to the prior staff and and say, look, you know, we're still the better team. We're still the better program. No matter what you could have done in eight months, you still can't beat us. And you left for our rival. Let's prove a point here. I don't think that's the approach that they're taking going into this game. I mentioned it early in the season and in fall camp that one of my big takeaways was the way this team was, mu- is much more businesslike in what it does. Not as much, you know, hyping and jumping on each other and, you know, cutting up with the video crew during practice and things like that. I, I mean, it's just a-, a much more mature group. I think it starts with guys like Rasheed Rice, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, uh, Jimmy Phillips, guys that have been around a while, Austin Upshaw, Armani Johnson. Those are the guys that kind of lead this, Mindset into this season, and this is a game where that mindset can really pay off. Last week against Maryland, SMU kind of beat itself, got caught some bad breaks as well, but it wasn't a mindset thing that caused them to lose. It was an execution. This week, I think SMU is the better team. I think Maryland is a better team than TCU. I'm not trying to use the transitive property to produce uh, to predict a an SMU win. But I do feel like SMU is going to be able to handle business. I said last week that I didn't think the Maryland game would impact my prediction, and I'm sticking to that. You know, I've got SMU winning this one. I think they're going to be able to come out and move the ball up and down this TCU defense. The one thing is that SMU will, will, without a doubt, have to be a little patient. I think they will be, in a way, having to figure out what this version of Joe Gillespie's defense looks like at TCU. I've got SMU winning 37-28. That's my prediction. I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. How does SMU get there? Well, first things first, they're going to have to play turnover free or, or at least win the turnover battle, I should say. That's something that SMU is falling behind a little bit this season on. I know they've had a couple of garbage time type turnovers, but still, SMU has to be better at taking care of the ball, and against a defense that is predicated on stopping the big play, dropping in eight, and taking away a lot of explosives, SMU is going to have to hit the short and intermediate passing game to maybe open things up a little bit. They're going to have to run the ball well. I think against Maryland, they had moments where they ran it well, and then kind of Rhett Lashley mentioned this on, on Wednesday when I asked him about it. They had times where they came up short in critical moments. I mean, you mentioned it, you you have uh you know Trey Siggers getting stopped short leads to the fourth down play um that that goes incomplete in the fourth quarter and then SMU's you know playing defense again has to get a stop to get the ball back instead of getting a fresh set of downs inside the nine. They've got to be able to pick up first downs on third and shorts um and SMU earlier in the season actually the first two games has kind of been you know fairly good at that. So they really just have to find a consistency in the run game. That's the biggest thing because SMU has kind of been hit or miss in terms of being productive running the football. And I think in part of that is is rotating the backs. Um, I think they need to do a better job of giving Trey Siggers, giving Vel- Velton Gardner the lion's share of the carries, getting TJ McDaniel also involved because for me right now, Kamar Wheaton isn't there. Tyler Levine is very much kind of a – Situational guy, doesn't get the ball much, and, and just honestly, you might as well just cut his plays out at this point unless you really need some, you know, somebody to get a, a breather. But look, I mean, rotating three backs is probably where you want to be. Um, I think that would allow SMU's backs to get a little bit more consistency, get into a rhythm, feel the game a little bit better, and I think SMU would see results doing that. Uh, the run blocking when it comes to grading it out, Hasn't been great per PFF, but you know they're not being shut down in the run game completely. So guys are making people miss here and there. Trey Siggers, Velton Gardner, guys like that, TJ McDaniel. They've got to be able to take advantage of some of those opportunities and not get shut down by TCU's run defense, which presents some different looks in terms of stopping the run. They do a good job of running to the ball. Now, granted, we don't really know what this TCU team is going to look like in a way because they've played... To one one outmatched team in Tarleton State, and then the other is just one of the worst teams in Colorado in the entire season of college football so far. I mean, they're really bad. I think Colorado's been outscored by Air Force and Minnesota, something like 90 to 17. So we'll find out what TCU is made of um, when they play SMU, quite honestly. I mean, that's that's where it is. Um, SMU's one-two straight over them. I think they have the personnel to do it again. I like the way Rhett Lashley has a feel for this rivalry, having coached in it twice um, in the 2019 game. They they got off to a good start in that one. I'm kind of thinking that SMU will have something to try and get rolling a little bit. Um, I hope it's not what they rolled out against Lamar. I know that was a nod to the Pony Express, but they need something to get Tanner Mordecai in rhythm. They need something... Uh, maybe maybe a confidence-boosting type of big play early on, especially if they get the ball first, uh, to kind of set the tone. Defensively, you know, SMU has a chance here, I, I think, to kind of surprise some people. We'll see if it happens, but here's why I think that. Talia tonga is one of the best quarterbacks statistically, especially in college football this season. Um, and SMU, you know, held him to a fairly – just, it was a good night for Talia Tungavailoa. Like, efficient, didn't turn the ball over, all those things. But he didn't gouge SMU, save for that wheel route to Rakim Jarrett, which was just something that, look, SMU's got to be better at. You know, Scott Simon said they repped it all week. You got to be able to defend that when you rep something, when you know it's happening, especially in a big moment late in the first half. Max Duggan is not as accurate as Talia Tungavailoa. He's a gamer, he could run the ball. Taliyah even showed a little bit of uh, ability to run against SMU. I think he finished with 55 yards, which I think he had had 126 yards going into the game career or something like that. So SMU is going to have to defend the run a little bit more with the quarterback with Max Duggan. TCU running backs, Kendra Miller leading the way there, um, haven't kind of faced anything serious either, and and I don't think any of them are over 100 yards on the season. So that just kind of shows they're kind of rotating – in two games where, again, they had the opponent outmatched. Quentin Johnston is, is one of the best receivers, I think, athletically in all of college football. He's somebody that – and stop me if you've heard this before – TCU hasn't really gotten involved much in their passing game with the big play. Um, Reggie Robertson, Danny Gray. Um, but he is a threat. And maybe TCU's holding a little bit something back. We'll find out, of course. Um, but, you know, that's something where if they do try to exploit the big play – SMU has to be ready. They've got to defend him, defend Darius Davis, um, who is really a talented guy in in all different facets. He's kind of their Keandre, uh, or excuse me, Cavante Turpin, um, offensively can kind of do it all. Does a little with special teams too. You know, I think we'll see if the pass rush improves for SMU this week. I know the depth chart had some tweaks to it. Part of that is getting Jalen Samuels back. We reported he was back at practice, full go. Looks like he's going to play and get an opportunity. Um, I, I think SMU is going to have Katie Hall back uh, in, a, in a full uh, capacity on defense. Junior Ajo should be another week uh, improved off that ankle injury that he had kind of suffered. Um, I don't think Stephon Wright's going to be able to go. But look, the, the line had its moments against Maryland in terms of pressures. It's <sighs> The run defense is what could really hurt SMU this week. You know, I do think that TCU has a chance to run the football on SMU. How SMU does filling gaps, making tackles, is going to be key. Because if TCU goes fast, you know, we know what tempo they kind of run with. They don't go as fast as SMU, but they like to run some tempo. If they kind of get cooking on the run game, you know, they have a decent offensive line, that could be something to watch um, and take some of the pressure off Max Duggan. Sam Jackson is the backup quarterback. He's a really athletic, really good um, young prospect that they they have some high hopes for. And there might be some situations where he comes in as well that SMU will have to keep an eye on. But you know, overall, this TCU offense—it's kind of one of those things I've been kind of w- paying attention a good bit over the last like couple weeks. You know, them talking about it and kind of where they're at. I don't know how much we've seen their their version of it. Um, just yet. We're going to find out. They've got some good tight ends, too. I, I think this is just one where it, it might not... It, it, I don't I don't know if they're good enough, quite honestly, to just throw at will on SMU to really make this a high-scoring game. I think they're going to have to control the clock if they really want to win this game. Max Duggan has been turnover-prone. Uh, he's put up some numbers against SMU, but he's also owned two. You know, he would love to, obviously ruin smu's chance to to kind of you know make it three in a row um obviously beat Sonny in his first year at tcu he'll be playing with a you know a a passion that i think you know rivals what i think smu is going to bring to the table with a lot of their players this is a game that's been building all right like since Sonny dykes left and even you know kind of when when the rumors started this one was circled and i am Very interested to see how SMU is able to direct its emotion into execution and production because that's what has to happen. This cannot be a game where you know you get silly penalties, you are trying to show up the old coach, you're trying to prove a point for any other reason than winning a third straight iron skillet. And I was really impressed with Brandon Crosley, really impressed with Rasheed Rice, with the way he handled his media availability on when, on uh, Tuesday, um, because Rashid's a guy that, you know, last year kind of set it off, you know. And this year, kind of like he's taken over the course of his entire offseason and entire, you know, preparation for this season, he's been very mature, very businesslike. He's got confidence. There's no question about it, and rightfully so. And this whole team should, I, I think. You know, they played a good game against Maryland. They killed themselves when it mattered most in, in key situations. And I, I think they're going to kind of avenge that and get themselves back on the right track. I, I just – I think SMU's a better team. I think I think they've got depth at the right spots. I think they've got talent at the right spots. If SMU gets Bo Corrales back, that's another receiver to add to the mix. You know, they're not going to have Jordan Curley, another burner, but – you add something different with Bo Corrales, maybe a guy that, kind of similar to Rasheed last week, where Rasheed was grabbing pass interference calls left and right. You know, maybe that's Bo Corrales this week that that helps. You know, gives him a big body in the red zone, gives him a big body on on third and longs to kind of throw it up to him and hope there's a P.I. or he makes a catch. You know, watching him after practice on, on Wednesday catching balls, he looks like he's ready to go. So... I think SMU wins uh, 37-28, wins the third straight iron skillet, sends Sonny Dykes back with a loss. Um, and by the way, they're going to do it after a major announcement on Friday night. We've kind of posted on 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 the Pony Express if you're a subscriber about what, what it is and what's coming. But it's 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 one of those weekends that is trending for all the good things to happen to SMU. They've got to take advantage of and make them a reality. And sometimes SMU hasn't done that in the past. You know, getting off to these undefeated starts, wilting away in November, or, you know, even to an extent, the Maryland game. Things were trending in the right direction. They didn't take advantage. Maybe that game was a lesson for them, and now they can get on the right track, beat TCU, move on to their goals in conference play, which is winning a championship. I've got SMU beating TCU this weekend. I think it's going to be electric atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you'll join us on theponyexpress.com for live chat during the game, all the lead up preview predictions. We also have the visitor list for recruiting, tons of prospects, including multiple four stars already set to hit campus for the weekend. If you haven't subscribed yet, pick up your Founders Club hat for free when you subscribe. Do that. Jump on board. Enjoy this one. I think it's going to be a great game. 11 a.m. Central on ESPNU inside Ford Stadium. A sellout crowd. Um, Hope you guys all enjoy it. This is one of those games that, you know, maybe it it comes around every year like this. And it it has this type of a lead up. Obviously, the first one will be that big of a lead up. But maybe both teams are playing at a high level for years to come. And it's always got this kind of lead up to it. it. It's the way it should be. This is what college football is all about. Hope you guys enjoy this game. Um, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Follow us wherever you catch your podcasts at. Share the podcast with your other SMU friends. Stay safe this weekend on the boulevard. And uh, have a good one, everyone. SMU-TCU, 11 a.m. Central Saturday. Sellout crowd in Ford Stadium. We'll catch you after the game with post-game reaction and much, much more. Thanks for listening.